In this episode of the Niyamat podcast, we discuss mental health in the workplace with Sunita Vazir, the global well-being manager at Unilever. Sunita tells us why it is important to develop actions that promote a culture of nurturing mental well-being in addition to demonstrating acceptance and support to those who need help. Training focused on mental health can enable our leaders to be aware of signs of mental crisis and stress in addition to promoting a pleasant and inclusive environment. Hi everyone, welcome to this very very special episode of Niyamat where we will be discussing mental health in the workplace with Sunita Vazir. So just to get us started, we know that at the office regularly we don't usually talk about uh, our personal lives as much. So why is it so important to start talking about mental well-being in the workplace? Hi, thanks for having me Ananya uh, and all of you. Uh, why is it important to talk about uh, mental well-being at the workplace and what you know what that what that means i think it's really one of the biggest things is as human beings uh, being mentally well is something that we need to drive us it's something that you know it's it, if you take a strictly world health organization definition of mental health it is being able to work productively and enjoy your personal life as well as contribute to your community now if anything the last year has tested us in every way possible because there has been so many different narratives going on there's so much complexity in you know internal distraction and external distraction and people are known to thrive at the workplace only when they can bring their whole selves uh, but for a lot of people uh, that got blown out of the window when we started working out of home everyone could see you in your home your vulnerabilities as you are uh most of us not wearing pants and all of that right it was just a very complex time for a lot of people they were alone at home as well and there was a lot of loneliness uh but even before then talking about mental health the workplace was critical now what are the reasons for that to be yourself is the biggest gift you can have right to be able to be yourself fully to show your vulnerabilities to talk about when you're tired uh the other thing is we also celebrate the always on busy cultures you know in a lot of workplaces we end up celebrating that but you know the fact is we are tired we've started talking about it a lot more openly now we didn't before and the third one is really that when you are able to for a lot of people just talking about their you know anxiety stress can actually relieve it rather than exacerbate it um so to be able to provide an environment a safe environment where you can share your vulnerability where you can talk about how you're feeling where you can admit you're feeling tired where you can talk about how overburdened your feeling or how the day is overwhelming or you have too much of a workload when we normalize that that's when we'll be starting to make some progress and and helping people just be themselves in turn believe it or not that will lead to even better performance because when someone's holding something back or feeling resist, you know restricted or or keeping a secret it's unlikely that they can thrive and do their best performance right so it's very important for business to understand this is not just some fluff this is not just about being good it's also about getting the most productive work out of humans it's important for them to feel a sense of safety so psychological safety is the stone that you know we hear a lot and we'll talk about that a little more as we talk further but what does that really mean it it means that's where innovation comes from that's where creativity performance all of that comes from there uh so many 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 benefits um and the disadvantages are stigma stops us from speaking about what's going on with us uh and so that's another reason why we need to start talking about mental health in the workplace right uh, about 6 7 years ago i broke my ankle everybody at work knew i had broken my ankle i got flowers they came to visit i had friends over 
But if it was somewhere where exactly six years ago with an Indian business, if I was, uh, you know, someone who had a, an issue with mental health, I don't know if my colleagues would have felt so comfortable approaching me to, to show me their love. And that's not because they didn't care. It would be because they felt ill-equipped to have the conversation. So that's another reason for us to make mental health easily accessible at the workplace. And to close this very long answer, I think the other thing is we all have mental health. We need to recognize and realize that we all have mental health. It's on a spectrum. It may vary from good to poor to mental ill health. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't normalize these conversations as much with as much comfort as we have about physical health, we'll never move ahead. So yeah, that's, that's my opening uh, comment on why we need to start talking about mental health at the workplace. I absolutely love that answer. I think uh, it was so cool that you uh, talked about the story where um, if you broke your ankle, then of course, everyone's going to be visibly be able to see that, that you are hurt, you are injured, and they would be able to empathize with that because it's visible. You know, everybody can see that. But with mental health, of course, it's not always something that's very visible. And I think that's usually because in the workplace, we are taught that we have to be professional, we're expected to maintain decorum. So usually we wouldn't see someone being too vulnerable at the workplace. And uh, I think this brings us to like some sort of a philosophical subject where we derive so much value from the work that we do, but we are more than what we do. We know we are a summation of so many different things and, and we have lives outside the workplace that impact us and positively and negatively. And um, it's really thrilling that uh, there are companies out there willing to talk about mental health, willing to talk about stress management and to promote awareness about these uh, exercises and um, so we're very grateful that uh, there are professionals like you in the workplaces and in Indian workplaces especially because here the stigma yeah. is on another <laughs> level altogether <laughs> so yeah, yeah this is uh, incredibly important work that you're doing yeah Mrikakshi do you have any input there yes Neeta, actually I wanted to ask you this so uh, I believe that you know we have been in corporate workplaces for a long time now even in India and we have a new workforce coming in who is very uh, woke and uh, aware. But what do you think, What do you, why do you think that there is such stigma around talking about mental health in the workplace? Like, why aren't we in a place where we say that it is perfectly okay to be taking a day off? I understand that there is a physical aspect, like you, know, like you said about your ankle, that you can see someone ailing physically. But why do people feel reluctant to speak up about it? Why do organizations feel like this is something that they just shouldn't address at all? Instead of, like, it, it, isn't, it, isn't, uh, it isn't like if I call my manager and say, hey, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not feeling good today. He wouldn't give me the day off. But I don't think he would approach me and ask me why I was feeling differently. And it's personal to a lot of people. I understand that there's a concept of privacy and uh, everyone has, you know, a certain boundary that they don't want to cross in their workplace. But what do you think has been a major contributor for this moderately regressive culture in, in India specifically? I don't think it's moderately regressive, first of all, Mrikakshi. I think, let's say it, let's call it what it is, right? Um, and the spectrum of issues is not just, so there's, there's the internal issues, right? What's going on within the individual, but it goes from the individual to society, you know, the social conditioning and all of that, and all the way, let's just look outside our windows, right? Let's look at the society at large. Let's look at our roads. Nothing in our country is ready for people with disabilities, people with different needs, people yeah. who need, you know, more support. Our education system largely fails 
this whole spectrum of society, right? Uh, and and what's that failure all about? I mean, if you look at physical disabilities, there are no ramps, there are no walkways, there is just you know just no provision in that space. In mental health, there aren't enough schools. There are some very committed and fantastic schools that will help you get an education, but there's just no ask there's just no employers ready to employ there is just no good education so when someone with a mental ill health issue i want to make it very clear mental ill health is very different from just mental health right we'll talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that but someone who is dealing with a mental ill health condition and the indian law is amazing we've defined it very well we've been really good in you know the rpwd act talks about 21 types of disabilities but in actuality we know they represent themselves at hundreds of ways right but because one education facilities society government offices none of them offer the right facilities to people who have mental health issues the second one around stigma is this big social narrative that we have right what will people say we start with the word pagal or mad right we don't know that mental ill health is so many other things so that social narrative pop culture the depiction in society in cinema it's just so negative right oh, so that's okay. one element of, of of stigma that keeps you know perpetuating itself from generation to generation so the next generation learns it they learn to fear we learn to put fear we instill fear in children to stay away from people that are physically mentally you know unwell i remember when my son was really little and he used to, he used to go to a friend's building and he used to cycle there and there was a young boy who was may not be so young right but they look younger he was on a wheelchair with clearly a mental health impairment and i remember telling my son go ahead say hello it's fine and the smile that would come on that young man's face when my son would go over because that was not the reaction he got from society at large so we have to be conscious there's this whole social narrative which keeps getting fed into and you're right our younger woke people who are open to talking to their therapists and counselors are breaking that but it's going to be a long time before they can convince their parents grandparents great grandparents that it's okay it's okay to have a mental ill health issue i think the third area is also within the workplace is the fear you know the fear of missing out the fear of being left out there's just the stigma means that what happens to you eventually is you're not sure you'll get the promotions you won't get the roles you won't have people believing in you when you show your vulnerability it's inevitable that you're not seen as a go getter because our whole concept of resilience is rugged resilience you know i think we need to move from rugged resilience to a more resource resilience right what are you able to pull together to get done what you need to get done that's more significant to contribute well as a role but in workplaces inevitably how much ever i mean i've i've done work around this for several years i've talked to a lot of leaders and how much ever they are well meaning and i don't mean this at my current workplace i mean in society at large i talk to a lot of people outside uh what i find is a lot of people tend to uh want to do the right thing but when it comes to that penultimate moment of decision making right can i hire this person can i trust them fully will they perform will it happen or no so we are chasing you know people with mental ill health for all the wrong reasons we're saying retention we're saying you know they'll 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 you know they'll outperform and all of that we're not remembering the human side of that individual right any person that is living with these conditions knows best how to manage it if they manage to get an education in our country fantastic they managed to get educated enough that they got employed that's outstanding if they get to stay employed and they get growth and promotion that's outstanding the odds are not stacked in their favor but a lot of it is the individual's own motivation and then of course families 
you know, love relationships, friends, they have to navigate all of that at so many other emotional levels, right? So stigma is is there because there is stigma, right? It's it's pretty sort of self self you know self feeding in many ways, right? Till we allow it, and, and we have to inspect our most basic reactions, right? How do we react when we see this in a film? Do we react when we see someone? If you see a small child in a village road, you know who comes across as you know mentally retarded. People will be throwing stones at them. They'll be in tattered clothes. They'll be outside the outskirts of the village. Right? They are not being mainstream. There are some amazing organizations in India, including you know I can name a few: Sarthak, Youth for Jobs, Enable India. They're doing a lot of work. There's even closer to home Man Foundation. There's just so many foundations that are doing phenomenal work to mainstream people with mental health issues. But it's still an uphill climb. It's like you know, an ant trying to climb a wall, and then they keep falling down. They try again, and they keep falling down. And I love that. I love that persistence. I love that ability. But this is the extreme side of mental health, right? Uh, mental health overall, whether it's good to poor mental health, again, we don't feel at ease to talk about it. We feel will be seen as weak. It's unfortunately still seen as a sign of weakness. Until that breaks away, till it's as normal to talk about a broken ankle as it is to talk about a bruised mind or a heart, to talk about anxiety as it is to talk about a you know viral. Um, I think till we don't have that reality, it won't happen. And so we need people to be more open about. It. We need people to speak up, and we need supporters. We need allies like you and me and all of you young people who are doing this amazing work to keep doing this to make older people aware. Right? You you guys have the responsibility. To, responsibility to make my generation far more aware that we need to change our language and that you can do by changing your language we won't say what you do we'll say what you you know we won't say what you say we'll, do, we'll say what you do so show us and you know demonstrate mental health positive behaviors so we learn from you i think there's a little bit of reverse mentoring you guys need to do as well <laughs> I absolutely I, I all is fairly have... back in your court <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is back in our court we have uh, we have a lot to we have a long way to go and this is a very comprehensive view of the problem i think uh, it's it's very ingrained and it comes from it comes from such deep uh, you know it, it comes from all the way down something very fundamental in our society the way we grow up the way we're told not to cry to be strong and um and yeah it is it is viewed as 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 being weak in in your workplace i mean I, at a workplace you need a very quantifiable loss to be able to take some time off like i i remember i i a couple of a couple of months ago i i lost someone very close to me and i remember that being the only time that my co-workers came to me and said that uh, hey you should be taking some time off to grieve and to cope but on an ordinary day say you have a really bad project run say you've been working and like for weeks on and on something and you're completely burnt out i'm still very scared of walking up to my boss and saying hey i'm burnt out i i, I don't think i can pick it up because you feel like it has it has a very real impact on what you get handed next right so there is i think there are some ways to go about changing the narrative but while we are still in a place where we're surrounded by our older generations like and we're like we're all one year into working we're all one year into the workforce while we're still in that place where we're surrounded by the older generation we kind of have to create undercurrents first and work our way out from there it's like a it's a big change to make yeah what do you think ananya yeah absolutely i think uh... you know when we've already established that there is a very thick layer of stigma there and uh, um i i think 
my question is really why will that change sort of come from top down or uh, you know how exactly can we work towards building this culture of supporting health in the workplace does it start by uh, documenting a policy so you know if there is a a, a startup or an enterprise that is just uh, begun and they want to do something they recognize this problem so slowly like you said um, we're all growing a little more sensitive and a little more empathetic but we still don't have the required knowledge and the required tools as to you know what do we do if we see someone who is struggling with a mental illness how can we support them best we don't still have that literacy and um, i think we need to get that from experts and people who have studied this um, for uh, a substantial amount of time and try to derive insights from that. And I think uh, Shreya definitely will be able to help us out in some way. Yeah, like Shreya that. will be able to help us out. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think just, uh, I'm just uh, trying to understand, is it something like uh, setting out some time in your calendar for check-ins with your manager or could it be um, just, uh, when is it going to be okay for someone to say that, hey, I am struggling with anxiety right now. I might not be able to do this presentation, you know? Uh, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All of it. Sorry, did you want to add something, Megakshi? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to ask if, if you think that this will be a change that's centered at policy, you know, if this is something that will be centered at, um, at, just, at just a company or an organization uh, creating a mandate for their workers and saying, hey, guys, it's, it's perfectly okay for you to be doing this and and actually document it not just not just come out and say it of course organizations are growing to be very empathetic and uh, i mean in the public view at least the, the compassion is growing in general but yeah what do you think is going to be the approach that sticks so i hear what you're saying let me flip this around and tell you about the strategy that i work on and and from that maybe i'll, I'll answer all the bits that you know you guys spoke about right so what's what's our strategy uh, the first thing I think about our strategy is culture, right? Culture is is where everything lies, right? This whole societal narrative, what's going on with it, and that's squarely where stigma sits. I mean, stigma is everywhere; it's it's you know ambient, but culture is where you know we can really make a difference. So, making mental health conversations commonplace, on par with physical health, that's one of the bits of our strategy that's really important. The next one is where does it start? At the top or at the bottom? Of course, it's you know really, really important to have very visible leadership buy-in. And I talked a little bit earlier on, you know, I used I, I threw this little bomb of fun, you know, fun word psychological safety, but that is really where you know leaders play a key role. So there are three things that leaders have to do. First is they need to be open to sharing their own vulnerabilities, right? Till they prove themselves as people that are invincible and this narrative of strong leadership continues, it'll never break. Right. So just being human and believe it or not, COVID precipitated that. It made that a real possibility. Right. We were all at home. Kids are in the house. There's noise. There's children to be fed. There's bartans to be washed. There was just so many different things to be done that that humility level came in. Right. So leadership is, is really critical and they make a big, big difference. But the other thing that leaders also need to do is outside of, you know, just being actively vulnerable they also need to be role models so they need to show positive mental health habits they need to demonstrate that and they need to be able to have the right conversations for that we need to equip them as employers you know people who are well-being you know well-being managers well-being leaders health leaders we have to equip the business because this is not something nobody taught this in, a, in their MBA program nobody taught this you know in your unless you did a psychology or some other major you didn't really learn about the human mind and so 
we need to equip them. We need to make them understand that you have to create a psychologically safe space. It's not just saying the words. Like, okay, now this is psychologically safe. It's okay. It also has to be seen, right? The demonstrated uh, uh, reactions to people's vulnerability is it have to be solid and strong, right? So leaders need to be more vulnerable themselves. They have to role model good mental health habits and they need to also be trained and they need to have the right tools. They need to have continuous reminders. And, and that's one of the things we really, really work at and aspire to do. Uh, the third area I think that we really work a lot on is prevention. Because, you know, post, once everything has happened, it's happened, right? The chip has sailed. That person has, you know, got the stigma, things have happened and can keep happening again and again. So we do a lot of awareness building but also equip them with a lot of self-help right so easy access to anonymous confidential support systems counselors everywhere uh, having access you know i love that institutes do this now I, every time i go over to my uh, alma mater uh, nmims which is in mumbai i love the fact that everyone knows what the employee assistance program is they're you know aware of the counselors and i love that younger people are very much at ease y'all don't face that stigma that we did about going to a counselor we don't wait Sorry, there's a bit of a sound. We don't wait till the problem is phenomenal. Y'all don't wait till the problem is monumental and has reached, uh, you know, an almost irreversible space before getting help. So I think that's another big enabler, right? So we need to make sure prevention, awareness, bringing experts, you know, having this conversation again and again. You can't just, so that's the other thing, you know, in a, in, a, in a workplace, you can't just start a mental health helpline and an EAB service and think, okay, now it's going to be flooded with calls doesn't work like that you have to keep promoting it it's an ongoing you know keep reiterating it keep pestering about it because when that person feels vulnerable in the middle of the night at 2 a.m they need to have someone to reach out to completely without being known you know without being outed as the person who's weak and vulnerable so we need to keep bringing in preventive stuff both proactive but as well as reactive so the support has to be unquestioned it has to be you know it has to be available 24 7 it has to be anonymous right and then the last one so prevention was the third one i was talking about the fourth one is the kind of support you have so things like this eap right the more eaps you have the more easy access local language 24 7 completely good good experiences for people keep checking on your eaps keep checking on your psychologist check on your counselors because they're also vulnerable they're also humans i've met the best psychologists and psychiatrists in the country, you know, in the last few years. But everyone is vulnerable. You know, I feel I feel so humbled by the fact that they're okay to talk about that, you know, vulnerability. And that that, that is something that's really important. But I think that's also something that's also been a game changer for us. It's been, you know, just the community of support. People helping people. Like it happened for COVID, for physical health, people were helping each other. I don't know if I can say that, but I'm still saying it. People helping each other, you know, when things went wrong. That way for mental health, people helping one another, you young people, I mean, there's so many young, uh, on Instagram, I love it, I follow every single handle that is young people helping each other, right, teen trauma, teens talking to teens, I, I told you, I, I have a teenager, I know exactly what, you know, what is happening around there, the awakening for me also was actually going to my kids school to talk and, and hearing another child talk about their mental health vulnerability, in, in that sense, I think I felt awakened that way. But really peer support at the workplace. So we, we actually train colleagues to help one another with mental health. Just, you know, for willing people. There's a lot of good people out there. 
just training people with the right skills to have the right conversations because a lot of conversations don't happen like you said you shudder at the thought of going to your leader your leader may not feel like that they may be very confident and may be very comfortable with you talking about it but they've never opened that space by opening that conversation so equipping them simple exercises on how to have a mental health conversation what to talk about what to not say what what's what's taboo what what you should never say i you know i think back when i was really young my friend had a baby ahead of me and she went through postpartum and i was so ill equipped then to give her the right support you know and i just the thought that i told her let's get out of the house let's go get you know get you out let's dress up let's go have lunch that wasn't what she needed she just needed me to listen but i had never experienced it then but now that i know you know you can't unsee stuff like that right so just talking a lot more about it talking about you know the hardships women's health lead to postpartum menopause just really normalizing the open conversations about health for men a biggest issue globally is men's mental health right and unfortunately poor mental health at its worst or mental ill health can also lead to suicidal ideation we know that that's the worst possible scenario and we don't want that to happen we don't want anyone on our watch or any of our friends or anyone to feel like that's okay you know to contemplate that nothing is worth going on so i think there's many many different elements to it men especially white males in in, in you know are unknown to be very vulnerable to suicidal ideation um, and remember for every million odd people that come in suicide each year there are 10 million who attempt it so it's just a very very vast gaping hole that needs to be filled with more open conversations more love more compassion but more support more structured systems better mental health care far more easy accessible many many more counselors and psychologists just we just need these support systems to be ramped up big time and we just need to make them easily accessible so that's absolutely the need of the hour um i think i gave you a longish answer mrigakshi for a for a for a short question but that's where i think the responsibility lies for workplaces it's the culture leadership prevention support uh for society at large it's the narrative the conversations more support more educated people taking on this conversation and and god bless our uh you know uh idols like i mean people like deepika padukone she did a great thing by speaking up i think what she did for depression was far beyond what many many people could do i mean eventually the story is changed and you know there's so many other parts of that that which have come out but for an actor who's successful so showing is not a sign of weakness it's not a sign of failure it's a sign of something that can happen even when you're at the top of your game i think all those are important what i really like is what's happening with the olympics young people speaking up about their mental health right that has again given so much confidence to speak about vulnerability so we need to just we need to normalize vulnerability yeah i'll pause now that was beautiful i think i could have continued listening to that for an, an, another four more hours because that is honestly so heartening and such a positive news and and definitely what we're seeing with the olympics and with simone biles i think it's so cool that we are finally looking at people as people and not as entities or instruments that can go and win us the olympics or just another name on the payroll and um, you know i think it's amazing that in as like you rightly said as a business leader you can make a difference by just helping to shift the paradigm and change the way that we view and handle mental health 
And uh, it definitely needs to start with education, understanding, and being willing to start the conversation. And um, it definitely, it makes business sense because if your mental health flourishes, then you work better. But more importantly, it makes human sense. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that uh, wonderful information and uh, that wonderful message, Sunita. I think this is uh, of incredible value. And for anyone who is a professional in the workplace or an employer, I think it's incredible that uh, they take a message from this and actually try to implement and try to be more sensitive and empathetic in the workplace. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, sorry, uh, if I could just come in here, I had a quick question really. Um, I think there are a lot of questions at this point because I feel I really enjoy the way where we're going with this conversation. Um, but just to pick up on two to sort of you know um, unpack this a little further. So one is of course Sunita point you brought up beautifully was essentially the idea of opening up conversation. I think that's where everything starts for sure. But even apart from that, if you were to look at the individual, right? Um, and I'm speaking from personal experience here because I think that's that's the most I can bring to the table. You know, as someone who's just started out and who started working from home, so I've never met my colleagues. Um, so, for instance, when you have perhaps um, your workplace is very understanding, your boss is very understanding. Institutionally, they've sort of made policies to account for mental health, or they're visibly making an attempt. How would you sort of so there are two questions stemming from this. On an individual level, how can an individual sort of accept themselves or understand what they're going through? Because I think identification of their own problem and admittance is a big problem. And I've, I've seen this amongst my peers as well, that, you know, you hear a narrative outside your generations talk about mental health, right? There's a wave. But to admit to yourself that I'm going through this and I know I'm going through this because I see so-and-so symptoms, is very difficult because you're still breaking a tradition that's passed on through generations and it's still admittance of defeat to some sense. And I think another side of this would then also be um, when, for instance, you, you know, brought up catch up calls or talking to your employer, opening up that line of conversation. Do you somewhere believe, and I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this, there is some amount of gatekeeping. Uh, in terms of, you know, if your employer or someone you know you're speaking to has been through an experience, the amount of empathy they would impart, the amount of understanding there would be that, oh, you feel sad or, okay, you feel um, stressed. Do you feel like you're going to hurt yourself? Where is there a scale that you're measured against to say, okay, I'm going to give you this amount of empathy. I'm going to be this understanding. And how, do, how does one navigate that space really? Wonderful question, Shreya. Uh, a really a tough one because, you know, I think the reality is is so many different things, right? I mean, ultimately, we're all people, managers, leaders, they're all people and they're all going through their own vulnerability and, and how they present themselves at the workplace is a culmination of their own experiences, unfortunately, and especially many of those are not good. So therefore, they're coming with that, right? I mean, the women leaders who are the hardest on other women are the ones that support post-maternity. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is, right? You, you often learn if you don't learn from good leaders, I'm very fortunate. I learned from some really good leaders, right? Uh, how to how to pace myself and how to talk to others. But for a lot of people, they just don't learn good habits. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about this whole gatekeeping. You know, how hard is your issue? The unfortunate reality is it's it's two ways. We empower other people to hold to hold the power against us, right? I mean, they they. They decide whether this is okay or no. They'll decide whether this is worthy of getting a leave for or not, or you know whatever. And there's 
another reality also at the other end of the spectrum where there's some people who misuse you know uh, some of the free uh, facilities or or they stretch it right so that let's park that let's not talk about misuse because that will always bring another element of you know coloring the whole discussion just on the basis of you know people that are responsible or in a position of authority and how they handle someone talking about their mental health and how they ration or how they will you know take a call on whether this sounds right or wrong i think it's wrong at all levels right no human being knows how another human being is feeling no human being can take that decision or take that call on your behalf uh, and i think we need to just educate so much more on that we need to educate that uh, saying the wrong things can trigger a lot more anxiety or or setting someone who's already on uh you know on track and starting to starting to start to feel vulnerable and you know just pushing them down that path can can really cause a lot of uh problems now what i found i've, I've run lots of mental health trainings for leaders across the businesses and and uh, in different countries as well one thing i found is people just don't know they're doing it right so there is no aha moment they don't realize what their impact is on others so one is when someone's in that situation they need to make the other person aware that this action or these questions are making me uncomfortable so as you know as as let's say the person who's experiencing the issue needs to speak up a lot more but that's a heavy onus right when you're already feeling low and you don't have the energy to get through your work day and i know some of the signs and symptoms mean that you end up just not being able to deal with daily life but people like you you know who are working in this space should educate them to speak out so that's i think one of the biggest barriers speak up speak for yourself speak about what's going on with you say that this is not okay maybe that leader doesn't understand at all that they are having this effect on you so it's okay to say this is how you make me feel this is how i don't you know i'm not i'm not at ease and it's not working for me the gatekeeping the rationing the evaluating whether your problem is big enough or not that i think is something that's that's in transition indian organizations have globally organizations have realized that mental health has been strained emotional health has been impacted relationships lack of face time all of that has affected our whole social fabric of you know coffee conversations chai tapri conversations all that having been gone has affected people's comfort and ease and and i think uh, if ever there was a time when this could break and change it's now because you know both one is working at home and and showing ourselves fully and and you know being you know having sort of having all the filters taken away between work and life i think this is the time speaking out more is important calling out bad mental health behaviors when you observe it when someone else is doing it i've seen this i've seen a colleague coming into work every day and really weeping every time she talks to her line manager every single day and i called it out i didn't call it out to the leader i felt bad then but i called it out to the colleague and i gave her the helpline contact details i talked to her and i made the difference right so for each of us to speak out to say it to call out bad behavior to offer support i think it's going to be a community effort it's going to be one person helping another helping another helping another the more we educate our leaders the more we educate everyone the conversations become easier i'm not sure if i answered your question shreya but that's where my head was at no absolutely that was wonderfully said i mean it's um it's so useful to sort of put this in context and say you know there is something we can do about it and not just the employer employee but people outside that relationship to make a holistic change i think that's a very enduring thought and it was wonderfully put thank you so much
yeah intervention is important i guess that's what that's what we can do from this that it's important and significant that people intervene in conversation about mental health even when they feel like it's not their place absolutely i think that you know it's up to each one of us if not now then when if not me then who right i think that holds true in this in a big way yeah that's absolutely wonderful and uh, i think we're sending out some really really positive messages and i hope that uh, this converts into actionable items and inspires a lot of professionals in the workplace to actually take this up and uh, to consciously uh try to be very empathetic and sensitive i know that i'm definitely going to try to uh, be a lot more empathetic in my uh, day to day workplace interactions so yeah thank you so much sunita for joining us and thank you uh, shreya and ragakshi i think uh, this was a really really fruitful session and um, yeah we've uh, come up uh, come across a, a lot of uh, really really insightful um messages that i think are really worth focusing and thinking about so yeah thank you everyone one last comment from me if i may uh, i feel incomplete if i didn't say this i just want to say this to everyone who's listening to this and you know just just one very important message please 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 speak up yeah you have to speak up reach out help is available treatment is available don't worry about the diagnosis don't use labels when in doubt talk to someone if someone doesn't sound right they're listening correctly talk to someone if you don't have you know if you don't have anyone to talk to post post on the niamat page post write to me i'll be there to talk to you right really really important to speak right don't don't hold on to this get out there i know i talked about some really heavy topics today i talked about mental ill health i talked about ideation and lots of those other things but remember you're very loved and you know there is there's just enough room and good humanity and compassion in the world speak to someone and lighten the load yeah i do want to i want to leave that message it's really really important thank you thank you sunita we're so grateful that you could join us here today and we are even more grateful for the work that you do uh, the world definitely needs more people like you yeah thank you so much for joining us today this thank you great. We hope this episode was able to engage, inspire and give your mental health a boost in these challenging times. If you or someone you know is struggling with a mental health related disorder, please know that you are not alone. Please feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram handle at the rate niamat_care or mail us at niamatcare@gmail.com. We will connect you with some of the finest therapists and counselors in the country offering mental health services at affordable rates. and provide you with the right resources to manage your mental health more responsibly take good care and have a wonderful day ahead